You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Now that I've been in the church, I see how attractive it is to be inward focused. And you start talking about, you know, doing things uh, uh, the right way and, and, and growing from scripture. And all of those are good things. But if we forget to go out, then we really lose that sense of mission and, and that compassion for those on the outside. And that's where the apathy, I think, comes from. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, today joined by two special guests as we cap off the Devoted series. First, we have Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here. And we're joined by Jose Avaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Good morning, Taylor. Good to be here. Awesome. Great to have both of y'all. Jose, love you. The first word as we recapped or capped off the Devoted series, talking about go as we looked at the four Gs. This is the last one here. Love to get your thoughts, not only on ending the entire series, but even as you prepare just for this week on go. Yes. So we started by talking about gathering in and the importance of coming together. That's what the early church did. They were together, many different nations, um, all united by the gospel of Jesus. And uh, we also know that they were growing. They were growing in discipline. They were growing by reading the word. They were growing by uh, breaking bread and also praying. And they were giving to one another. They were meeting each other's needs. And then we talked about going out, which is a challenging one. And I think there's two sides to this one. There's one we talked about last week a little bit um, with missions, local and global missions. We we go that way. But I really wanted to focus this last Sunday on sharing Jesus with other people yeah. and how God has specifically positioned us to go and allowed us to have favor in different areas, relationships, to talk about God and, and allow Him to really work through us in, in doing so. He sets us up. And so, yeah, that's that's where that's where this, this message kind of came from. So the verse is in Acts 2, verse 47 says that uh, day by day, um, there were additions to the church. And it doesn't necessarily say how they were, or really recapping, John 13 says that they, the world, will know him, Jesus, by the way that we, the church, love one another. And so I do believe that that was happening, but later on in Acts, it really speaks to, you know, sharing Jesus with others and being bold in that way. So that's what this is all about. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's jump in. I know right away, one of the things you mentioned is just how essential this is for our church, not only with the Great Commandment, but also the Great Commission out of Matthew 28. And then I love that instead of just camping out there, you focus on a lot of different reasons why we, we, we don't go or just even mm-hmm. things that we can be be mindful of that will help us go. And so one, you started off by just saying, what happens when we don't go? There's kind of two things that uh, I thought were really good I wrote down. One is that we focus on things that aren't essential. They may be important, but they're not essential. And then the second is becoming apathetic to those that are out there. And so I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts just before we get started about, you know, both of y'all walking with Jesus for several years. And it's like, okay, how do you prevent either of these two from happening, either focusing on the super small stuff or just simply becoming apathetic to those around you? Yeah, so we have a really cool church culture 
at Cyprus, we're externally focused. We do a good job looking at those that are not in the gathering and, and concentrating on those and being sent uh, to those. I was one of those. So I'm sitting here because we are an externally mm-hmm. focused church and someone that did not have an extroverted personality, a, a, a spiritual gift of evangelism, God used him to reach me in a pivotal uh, time in my life. And, and that's that's why I'm here. And now that I've been in the church, I see how attractive it is to be inward focused mm-hmm. and you start talking about you know doing things uh, uh, the right way and 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 growing from scripture all of those are good things but if we forget to go out then we really lose that sense mm-hmm. of mission and, and that compassion for those on the outside and mm-hmm. that's where the apathy I think comes from and and we also see ourselves seeing those on the outside as as truly outsiders and <laughs> we are all outsiders to God. And we're brought in because of his grace and it was the father that drew us. So it's just a good reminder to stay that way. And I hope this message inspired many to keep on going. Mm, yeah. I. It's interesting how quickly we can take our eyes off of the mission. And I know as soon as I do, everything else comes like falls apart becomes like a domino effect. Um, And I think that we really, I mean, I really have experienced that too of this church being externally focused and letting me come and caring about me as a person versus getting caught in the little things. I think what does get me distracted from the mission is the little things because if the enemy showed the big things, then I don't, I think I'm aware of those hooks bigger, but when he, when it's little things, you know, like caring, kind of holding my time and my life and passions and all of that can lead to a self-centeredness that is the opposite of God's mission. And so for me, it's trying to be aware of the little things so that I don't get caught in a way that then has the domino effect of getting me off of the mission that brought me here, that let me be a part of this. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so we're going to jump into three parts as we look at kind of the story of Paul and Ananias, which was a really cool example of how um, we saw three things we saw or kind of three ideas and takeaways is to take the judgment off and put on compassion, take the pressure off, recognizing that God sets it up and then go where we are and follow the favor. So the first one here is take the judgment off and put on compassion. So that sounds like a great idea. If you've been in church for any time, you're like, yeah, no judgment and all compassion. I'm on for that. But like, how do we go about actually practically applying that? And how, again, can you proactively make sure that you have a heart of compassion towards people, especially people that are different or even difficult to love. Yeah, so we all have behavior issues, all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when we follow Jesus, it's not about changing our behavior. It's about becoming a totally new person as we surrender our lives and deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him every day. And this is a hard one because we are set apart. So, so we're called to live different, mm-hmm. but we're not called in any way to think that because we're living this way, we're somehow superior mm-hmm. to others. And I think that's where the judgment comes in. I, I think about Ananias. Um, he judged Paul correctly. He mm-hmm. he realized this guy's no good. He wants to incarcerate and kill Christians. So I don't want to go mm-hmm. to him. God, don't you realize that this is, this is a bad guy? And I, I think, so his judgment wasn't wrong. His judgment was accurate. But I think one thing that our judgment does is it limits God. We, we think that God can't change somebody when we judge. And I'm convicted <laughs> um, often 
when when I fall into judgment that it it's it's just not up to me. I get to participate in something that God's already doing. And then you look at how Jesus led Matthew 9 says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Another cool thing right before he says that, he does all of these wonderful things. He's healing people. He's 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 uh, uh you know, proclaiming truth. So Jesus is doing all of these things and still he realizes, man, there's all of these lost people. And I think that is connected. We talked about this in our community group this week, um, that that's connected to the Great Commission because what Jesus is doing is he's delegating authority to us, Mm -hmm. saying, I've given you my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've given you my spirit. Now you go and love people the way that I love people. Mm -hmm. So take the judgment off and receive my compassion Mm -hmm. for those that are helpless and Mm -hmm. harassed. Um, I really like in your message how you said that we all judge. I felt like there's a relief there, you know, that's like I'm not even perfect in not judging. That's how imperfect I am, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think remembering where I've come from and where both God and people have let me wrestle with things and just work out things that I had been living in, you know, it's like that just, when I think about that in terms, when I apply that to my neighbors, you know, that when it's like a weird situation or I'm like, why would you do that? You know, it helps that softens my reaction and helps me put on compassion because I know where I've been and I know that everything that I see now is not complete. Like there are still blind spots in my life and ways that I'll continue to grow and be more like Jesus. And so knowing that just helps me soften my heart towards like just judging people and just knowing that even in judgment, I can't do it well, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Jose, you said something about just now about superiority. And I feel like there was a quote you said on Sunday that I thought was really good, just about how we should be the first ones to raise our hand and acknowledge Mm -hmm. our sin. And I think humility is where, um, for me, that's like the immediate thing that I just, I I can easily get into the the superiority complex or just this idea that, oh, I've got my life a little more together than a lot of these other people. But, um, but you look at, I mean, just the, the Matthew nine quote that Jesus, he looks upon them and sees them helpless and harassed and like sheep without a shepherd. And I can easily go, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy, look at that guy. Or I can say, oh yeah, that was me. That could yeah, have been yeah. me yeah. if not for for Christ. And I still need him to shepherd me. I still need that because there are times where I feel helpless or I feel harassed. And mm-hmm. so I think just even having that humility is going to help me have more compassion towards people. Whereas, uh, yeah, just even in the world context, I feel like there's a lot of times where uh, non-believers can even be more vulnerable or the first to admit their faults than Christians could. And so yeah. unfortunately I fall in that category too, where I'd much rather feel like I have it all together than acknowledge my weaknesses. So. And it's a mystery if you really think about it. Here is the good shepherd mm-hmm. saying there are sheep without a, like sheep without a shepherd. You are the good shepherd, Jesus. So I would, like, if I were to write the narrative, I would say everybody spend 15 minutes with Jesus, you know, one-on-one counseling, and he'll fix you. He'll give you homework, and then you go. But instead, what does he say? He says that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, so pray for the harvest. Mm -hmm. I pray for the workers, workers, not for the harvest. And that's us. Like, Mm -hmm. his, his strategy is delegation. His strategy is empowerment. And that's what's humbling. He yeah. chooses to use us imperfect yeah. people to go and, and reach. And, and what you said, like, Hey, I was, 
helpless. I'm, I'm helpless in this situation right now, but God, yeah. I have faith in God. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the game changer. Yeah, it's so I've been thinking a lot about those verses in Matthew 9 because it's just an interesting sequence. It's not Jesus saying, so pray for the sheep because they're yeah. lost. You know, that's like the phrase I've had in my head is that we, the sheep are doing what the sheep know how to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually the workers and that's who we need. Both we need to be good workers and we need to pray that other people will come join the work because it's not the sheep. It's not on the sheep. It's on the workers that aren't stepping up yeah. and going in and just yeah. feel like I would think it was flipped. So I'm yeah. thinking a lot about those. That's uh, convicting and challenging and good stuff. Yeah. So the second part here is related to that passage about taking the pressure off because God sets it up. So the harvest is plentiful. God has already prepared the harvest. And so how does that, I guess, first question would be kind of what does that look like as far as what is the stuff that God is setting up? Yeah. And then how does that help us as we go? In First Timothy, I don't know the address, but it's in First Timothy, uh, Paul writes that God wants all to be saved. So it's his desire for salvation to come to all. John 3, 16 and then 3, 17. He didn't come to save, but he came. Uh, he didn't come to condemn. He came to rescue. Mm-hmm. He came to save. So, so God's on a rescue mission. And so when we think about the harvest, uh, God is setting things up for us. He's setting conversations up. He's setting encounters up. I think the question is, are, are we willing to walk through the door? Are we willing to open up our mouth and share our experience or really not share our experience at all? Just just say, let me tell you about Jesus and share a verse. And if we approach those encounters with humility and with love, they're, no matter who they are, what they've seen, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to welcome that. Another cool thing, I didn't say this on Sunday, but prayer. Say, hey, I, I do believe that God hears my prayers, and I believe that there's power in prayer. That's my belief. How can I be praying for you? And if they're honest about their life circumstance, their helplessness, then I hope that they you know, give some things to you. And that's a softening of, of, of their heart. So those are just a few ways that I think Mm -hmm. God sets us up. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good here. And I think even just to, it's a little bit of a faith test because I hear that and I'm like, yeah, God, it's in God's hands. He's setting it up. But then when it comes time for me to maybe have a conversation, I feel prompted. It's like, I immediately start doubting like, okay, he may, you know, the harvest is plentiful out there, but like in this one conversation, is he really preparing the heart of this person? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, is it really worth the risk that I'm putting out there, my reputation or just even my, you know, uh, just, I don't like conflict. So I want to try to avoid that. So all that kind of stuff. It's like, do I really trust that this is true? That God really does set this up and that it does take the pressure off. And, uh, and I think that that's where even just myself, I can try to put it all on me where it's up to me to say this person. It's up to the words I say or the actions I do. So I think, yeah, there's so much, just even this one point that I think so much of my inability to go hinges on just that, even just simple faith, uh, test there. So, that's good. Have you guys ever thought this thought? I interrupted you, Taylor, but have you guys ever thought like, oh, there's another worker? Yeah. There's somebody else that can speak into this person, you know? Okay. Yeah. So if we have those thoughts, I think that's God saying, you are the worker. Yeah. <laughs> you are the worker. Like that is a setup in and of itself. So so walk in and, and be bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a muscle that only gets 
bigger yeah. and stronger yeah. the more we exercise it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful that we ran uh, hard in our college years or in my mm-hmm. college years um, where I did exercise that muscle a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that it takes practice to share, you know, to, to open up and share. Some people are naturally good at it. Some others, uh, you know, if we're on a spectrum, you'd be a one or two mm-hmm. on, on boldness. But the more we practice it, no matter what our temperament personality is like, I do believe mm-hmm. that we'll get, we'll get stronger in that area. Yeah, I, there's nothing more humbling. I can think of specific situations where I felt like God was, you know, having me start that conversation with someone and I don't naturally have the gift of evangelism. And so just the putting those words together can feel hard for me. Like I just want to understand the person as a whole and just more, so much stuff gets in my head, but there's nothing more humbling than trying to have that conversation. And from my words and actions, it was a total failure. And yet Mm. that person is responsive and totally misses all the things that later I'm like, I didn't say this. I messed up this. <laughs> this was terrible. Why did I say that? But that person c- clicks and mm-hmm. comes. And that's like, there's not a better example for me of how much God sets us up sets and us actually up. does the work than that because I do mess it up. Yeah, no, that's does the work. so good. And it is a mystery. Like you said, Jose, just even the process of how that goes uh, in my community group mm-hmm. this week, they brought up how uh, just the passage about some will water or some will sow, some will water, some will see the, the fruit. So it's like, there's you, we have no idea what part of this process we're playing. It's just God's asking us to, to get in the game. and God to, makes it grow. Sure, God makes it grow. There you go. Okay, so uh, one more here. When you think of go, typically, at least for me, sometimes I think about kind of overseas, going internationally. Um, but this last point here, talking about go where you are, Jose, you mentioned this idea of following the favor, whether that's in your city, in your neighborhood, just in your job. And so I'd love for you to first just pick up on that a little bit about what that looks like. And then how do we practically maybe just even identify where our favor is? What does that look like? And then how do we how do we go from there? Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to think of going and sharing Jesus in a foreign place where you know nobody, where you don't have a reputation, where you won't see that person again mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> long term. Yeah. It is very hard to do so in an environment where mm-hmm. you are running you know, the long, the long race. Mm-hmm. You're, you're running by the, with these people and by these people day by day. And so um, God has positioned us on purpose, right where we are to be in the harvest and and be his workers in it. And so an easy way for us to think about it is God has given us favor. So think about Paul and Peter. Peter was given favor with the Jews. Paul was given favor with the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. That was God given. Paul was a better Jew than Peter was. Paul had more credentials. Paul had the schooling, and yet God used Peter to lead the church in Jerusalem and James, James too. Um, and and Paul here, the ultimate Jew, was being sent to the Gentiles. So sometimes not where we think we have favor, but God has given us favor in different friend groups, in our uh, neighborhoods, in uh, our jobs. And so follow that wherever you are welcomed, wherever you're given influence, and then just follow Jesus. Don't feel pressure to say anything. Um, Maybe feel a little pressure when you obviously see God opening up a door to a conversation 
and see it as an opportunity though. Don't see it as a test. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing there. It is an opportunity to be a part of something eternal that God's using you, um, uh, for in that person's life. And again, I am sitting in this chair because person after person has entered mm-hmm. my life with boldness, transparency, humility, and have, has shared Jesus. And I have turned my life around completely because um, of people that have loved me right where I was at. And um, I'm so grateful for people like that. And I want to be those that person in other people's mm-hmm. life as well. When it comes to going, favor feels like the biggest gift that God gives us because it really is incredible when I always, the word with favor, I think of as unmerited, but like that's how I identify it because sometimes like I can have a really close friend, but we've been close friends for years. We've been building a relationship, you know, but when it's just somebody random that you feel like is like God is giving you audience with, you know? And even my favorite example is with teenagers because you don't always, like favor looks like running up to you at the school cafeteria. You know, that's a big deal when you don't have a relationship with someone. And just following that, I think as we follow it and follow where God is giving us, like I haven't worked at this, but this person confides in me or wants to like, ask for help or for prayer. Those are all things that I think help me identify a favor. And then as we follow it, I think God just fine tunes that skill and just feels like a really big gift that we get to follow. It's just another way that God just works it all together and we just follow. It's not like me stirring favor and with people. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Great conversation. Jose, I'd love to give you the final word not only capping off this week, but even just the series as a whole on being devoted. When I come to the end of my life, I would love for people to say something like, that was a man devoted to God, to his family, to the things that mattered most, and to the people that that he loved and, and was involved with. And, and I think these four things, uh, devoted a gathering, to being with one another as his church, that's huge. Uh, devoted a growing up, to staying humble and, and willing to change and, and allowing God to renew our minds. Uh, growing up to become more like Jesus, it's a big one. Giving to one another, selfless, sacrificial, um, and then going, boldly proclaiming the truth of Jesus in a loving way to those around him. And if, if I check those boxes, not that this is a box checking exercise. Um, yeah, I think those really encapsulate this whole theme of being devoted, something that our world needs desperately. So I hope that you, like me, were challenged in some way and we can continue to live a life devoted to God. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.